My journey to promote, celebrate, and uplift women started a long time ago. It started through my celebrity TV show, The Basha Show. I quickly realized that my purpose was so much more than simply interviewing celebrities. I've always wanted to build a global network to elevate women, but I was afraid. So one day, I realized that I already had the platform and I just needed to be my authentic, vulnerable self. So I decided to call up some queens from around the world and they all agreed to pull up. That was the moment we launched the Ask Basha video podcast and we're just getting started. We're going to change this game. We're going to teach women how to treat each other and how to treat themselves right. You feel me? Hey guys, it's your girl Basha. Welcome to the Ask Basha video podcast. And you know what today is? It's Tuesday because once you see me pull up with my queens, you know what time it is. And today we're talking about your money language. That's right. We were all brought up different. Much of what we know today about money was handed down to us by our parents and our environment. There are many people who are financially rich but still have a poor mindset. They live with the feeling that they can be poor at any time. And therefore, they still operate with a feeling of lack. Today, I'm joined by some leading ladies on the Ask Basha video podcast. Yes. Um, and, and they will share their experiences with money and how their childhood experience has with, with money and finance has shaped their financial perspective. So I would like to welcome back four to the Ask Basha podcast. My girl, my African sister from Tanzania, Mrs. Moa Alain. Welcome back, Queen. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. Nice. Moa is a public health specialist who's currently serving as a senior biostatistician at a pediatric hospital research department. Uh, sorry, guys. I froze six weeks sabbatical. She's also, I'm so sorry. I, oh my God. She's also a Tanzanian African print designer who uses her passion for African prints to change the narrative about Africa. Her work is available on YouTube under Ma Afri Styles and you can keep up with her on Instagram at Ma Afri Styles, Mawa. Yep, that's right. Okay, sorry, Queen. What's going on with me? Six weeks sabbatical. Oh my God. Anyway, I want to say welcome back to my Trinidadian sister coming to us from the Bahamas. Mrs. Paula Hospitalis Boslan is in the building. Welcome, Queen. Paula is the mother of two sons, age 16 and also 13. Her youngest son, Obasi, is on the autism spectrum and is functionally nonverbal. Paula's professional background is in IT and project management. She works at the Colina Insurance Limited as the Life Operations Business Analyst, Manager, and the Reinsurance Administration Manager. She's based in Nassau, Bahamas. And you can keep up with her at hospi underscore chick. Ah, for the first time, representing from one of my favorite Caribbean countries, I tell people the only place I could go and be totally relaxed. And they've been supporting my old show, The Basha Show, from day one. Our Beijing queen, Mrs. Amanda Reefer, is in the building. Amanda, welcome to the Ask Basha video podcast. It's so wonderful to be here. Thank you, Basha. Oh, my God. Mrs. Amanda Reefer presided as head of the KF Hill Academy of Sports in the U at the UWI of sport between 2015 and 2020. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Management and a Master of Science International Management with distinction from the University of the West Indies Barbados. She's currently Deputy Dean International Partnerships and Business Development at UWI, which for those of you around the world, that's the University of the West Indies Faculty of Sport and is the founder of her own business consultancy, VAR Consulting. Mrs. Reefer was the architect and driving force behind the establishment of the first academic sports program at Cave Hill Campus, Certificate in Management and Administration of Sport, BSc Sports Sciences, and MSc Sports Sciences degrees. She successfully negotiated the first double degree 
with the University of New Brunswick in Canada to deliver the Master of Science in Sports Science degree. Go girl! She recently was recently selected to the International Cricket Council, other otherwise known as ICC, Future Leaders Program, an initiative to address the underrepresentation of women at various levels of cricket administration. You can keep up with her on her Instagram at amanda.reefer. And I am so proud. Y'all, I missed you guys so much. This is the longest sabbatical I have been on. Six weeks. How are you guys feeling? Good. Refreshed, actually. I feel refreshed. It's, I was under so much pressure, guys. And I just kept missing and missing. I'm like, oh, my God. Our followers going to leave us. How is this going to happen? Are the women going to think I turned my back on them? And all of it, the answer is no. I just couldn't help it. I, six weeks. Wow. Mm. Wow. You all miss me? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, the lies you tell, the lies you tell. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, after a long hiatus, I miss you all like crazy. And I'm speaking to our followers now because these queens never miss me. We are together again and it's all good. Today we're discussing money language and you know how I feel about my money, honey. You understand? <laughs> you know, we all have a body language. But do, we, do you believe that we have a money language? This question, I'm starting with you, Paula Hospitalis Bosler. Queen from Bahamas. Do we have a money language? Because my answer is yes. That's why we have in the show. Do you believe that you have a money language? I think I do have a money language. No, I don't know. Like, I know what the love languages are. Yeah. But the money languages, I'm not as sure. But mm -hmm. I think I have, I have kind of like a save mentality. Save Ooh. for a rainy day kind of situation. Not, not necessarily a scarcity thing. Yeah. I just need to know that I have this amount yes. at all times. Well, you will mm -hmm. break that down for us more later. Mm -hmm. And we will then determine if it's, if, if it's based on a scarcity mentality. <laughs> How about our queen from Barbados, Amanda Reefer, tell me, do you have a money language? Do you believe that a money language exists? Like, what is your money language kind of thing? Do you believe in a money language? And then we break it out later on. Oh, absolutely. It is important to have a money language. I When we get further into the conversation, I'll share my my journey with this money language, but it's absolutely necessary for us women to have a language and to understand what our language is, mm -hmm. and how we can, you know, attract what mm -hmm. we want to attract. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but this conversation today. Oh, my, listen, I'm so excited because you know, I'm all about my money and I have a money language, you know, where it comes from is a different story. So, my Walin, my Tanzanian queen, do you have a money language? Oh, yes. I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think I had it. I just didn't know that there was a language for it. Correct. In a lot of people don't know that we have a money language. Right. So I hope we'll talk a little bit about that too. Mm -hmm. You know, how mm -hmm. to know that you actually have a language. But all right. I think we all do. Well, let's start from where it first started. I'm going to ask our newbie, Amanda Reefer, lady from Cave Hill Campus, Barbados. Tell where me. it all started. Where it all started. Did, well, did, um, I did, did anyone talk to you about money growing up? I gotta go a little bit, I gotta go a little bit back to go a little bit for to explain my situation because money wasn't discussed in the house like that. Um, mm -hmm. I think many of us in the Caribbean, particularly Barbados, mm -hmm. money is a means to an end. So we were I grew up seeing my parents, my mom was a teacher, my dad was a jack of all, of all trades, you know, mm -hmm. an entrepreneur in his own right. Mm -hmm. And um, I just saw bills be, be paid that, you know, you provide for the family. And that was the extent of it. No real conversation about what it means or anything like that. And I think that comes from, you know, how, you know, generationally, how we came through life. We were taught, mm -hmm. get an education, get a job. Mm -hmm. um, pay the bills, save for a rainy day, mm -hmm. get a mortgage, and life is good. But yeah. That's really how I was conditioned, really, in the early Yeah. Okay. Fair mm -hmm. enough. And what about you? Because, I mean, I don't want to go to another Caribbean system because, you know, even though we're from different islands, you know, our, our upbringing was kind of parallel, mm -hmm. especially as it relates, relates to money and 
sexuality and, and the things that were just not discussed. Mm -hmm. The things our parents left for the streets to, to teach us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, how about you, um, Mawa? You grew up in Tanzania. You're, mm -hmm. you're real, real Africa. How mm -hmm. was that handled? How was the, what was the, did anyone talk to you about money growing up? So I think the conversation of money came to me when I went to boarding school. And um, and the reason being is you had to have some money and learn to manage it. But to be honest, like a lot of the discussion was how to manage it rather than how to make it. So that was I, I when I was reflecting, you know, that is really how the conversation started. And yeah. I think for a lot of girls, especially because we do go to boarding school a lot. Um, in, in, hold on, in, in Tanzania? In Tanzania, in yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, a lot of young girls go to boarding school, I would say, about the age of 13. Wow. You know, 13, no. 14. That is not the norm for us in the Caribbean. Right. Right. So I, I would say that's where it started for me. But if then, and you have to keep in mind also, at least from what I've seen, a lot of um, other people learn through their parents working. Right, mm. a lot of entrepreneurship because the biggest employer is the government. Mm -hmm. Outside of the government, you have to kind of work to get your money. Mm -hmm. So you see your parents selling, you know, doing this or farming and selling. So you start to see how money is made. And but did they talk to you about it? Not, not in how to make it, but knowing where it's coming from and how to manage it. That's the conversation. Um, so I just want to go back to Port mm -hmm. Paula Hospitalist Boseland and Amanda Reefer. Um, did any one of your parents tell you yes or no how where it's coming from? Did, was that a discussion? I guess for me it was always and, and similar to what Amanda said, it was about doing making sure that you study hard to mm -hmm. get a good job, to mm -hmm. make enough money to live. So it mm -hmm. wasn't a situation where there was entrepreneurship wasn't really something that was um, discussed in my family. You worked for someone mm -hmm. and you made an income and that's and you depending make on your what money. you studied and how much and how well. Yeah, you can live better. You can live better. Mm -hmm. So that that was the story for, for, for me. Was that the same for you, Amanda Rifa? Yeah, it wasn't talked about. You just saw it. You didn't have a conversation. You, you just saw it or you didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> just saw it you know um, yeah. i think even in terms of financial difficulties like my parents did a really good job if i could say that of mm -hmm. if there were difficulties i'm sure there were mm -hmm. sheltering me from it um it was a very mm -hmm. i would say simple time you know mm -hmm. you know children don't have to worry about money or anything mm -hmm. like that but it was it i i think it was important to have a conversation though because it could prepare you for other things that you come that comes your way so it exactly. never really talked about money but, but while we're on the topic of parents and, and talking about it and not talking about it, my, ne my next question to you guys would be, um, what was your family's attitude towards money when, while you were growing up? Because that attitude is what determines your, your actual mindset now. You know, we, we've prior to the show, um, Paula Hospitalis Bozdan spoke about that attitude of like, I don't have a scarcity attitude, but I always have to say for the rainy day. <laughs> That's a scarcity attitude because it, it, you, you, know, you are projecting the rainy day. Yes. I think, I think, I think too, um, there weren't any discussions about investment instruments. Mm -hmm. There weren't any discussions about various where places to, to park your money or long-term and short-term and medium-term term goals. Yeah. That was things I learned through life. Correct. After and you got I married. feel like I would have been prob probably better served uh -huh. had I had some different options. Yeah. I mean, Abasha, you know, my mom died very early, early-ish early. in my life. And we were yeah, single-parented. I consider that to be very early. Yeah. Yes. And we were single-parented. My dad spent. Mm -hmm. just like, you know, mm -hmm. he spent. And my mother saved. Mm -hmm. And so... I had to put myself through university. So I had to mm -hmm. figure it out pretty early. Okay, mm -hmm. how much is UE fees? Mm -hmm. How much do I need to make? Mm 
-hmm. when can I work, when can mm -hmm. I go to school, that kind of stuff. And so, and many of us in the Caribbean, I think Amanda Rifa would agree to that. We we had to do that. Many of yeah. us, yeah, not yeah. all, but many of us in the Caribbean. And and there wasn't a thought that if you didn't do well in school, that you might be scrunted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But okay, I mean, please please translate Scranton for Americans say living paycheck to paycheck. Hello. <laughs> for real. So, yeah. so so for me, um I yes, I may have uh, and 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 I hadn't thought about it like that, Basha, that my trying to always have a certain amount of saving yeah. is kind of because you call it a rainy day fun and, and I am not inviting a rainy day in my house, you know, like so it's it's kind of, Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think I think so I think it was layers, right? Mm -hmm. So our parent my parents broke up. Mm -hmm. um, I saw my mother saving yeah. and then I, she passed and then I had to make sure That's and right. then you get married and it's fun times and then you have a special needs kid and they go, yes. hey, okay. hello, mm -hmm. yeah. do I live forever? No. So no. I need to have a plan. Right. So, so we're going to, we're going to, by the right. end of this broadcast, I'm hoping um, we would try and do away with this scarcity mindset for yes. saving and saving would, would be fun would be mm -hmm. to give us numerous options, yes. you know, that sort of thinking. Yeah, because I am from the entrepreneurial mindset. So even mm -hmm. though I, I too was raised by a single mom, I wasn't raised by a single mother alone. Um, later on, my I would reunite with my dad and my aunt and my uncles also raised me and they all had different perspectives. Mm -hmm. But I also had a strong entrepreneurial spirit in me. Like I couldn't help it. I couldn't, I didn't know what it was so many years. And I would ask all the right rich people questions. Mm -hmm. That was just in me, you know? And, you know, we talk some more about that with some of the other topics to come. But I want to ask my Orlean, you know, did your family um what was the, the attitude towards money specifically growing up mm. wow so i growing up mm -hmm. so my my family I, i'll give a little background to give you some perspective yeah. so both my parents were working full-time they were um, my father's a teacher my mother's a teacher you know my father works in the university so they're good jobs mm -hmm. however we've always had look my mother is this kind of person who always start a business anyhow and <laughs> and just work on something because her attitude is always yes you have this job mm -hmm. but you know you always could do something else and well, you can always, dreams. right so she had the whole I didn't know it was that but it was really okay. multiple um streams of income mm -hmm. so I've always seen her do that and then my father would do the same because even though the government is employing you, it's not enough really to cover whatever it is that you want. And yeah, he, he had the mindset of, pro, you know, a progressive mindset. So mm -hmm. if you wanted to move forward, you had to do more. So he would mm -hmm. be doing different gigs. You know, he would start a business there and here. And there. So we, we didn't have, you know, on the table sitting down and talking about it, but we mm -hmm. saw it happening. And the result of it is almost everybody in my family is doing multiple stuff. Mm -hmm. Because you, you, you do multiple stuff as well, like right. with your mom, Afri style designs. I mean, she's an amazing African print designer. Right. So, other things. Yeah. So that, so there wasn't that conversation. And, and again, not to say that that conversation is not important. I think it's crucial. We really need, if we, if we had added that, I mean, it would have been revolutionary right Correct. but we Correct. as you say children learn from seeing what mm -hmm. the parents are doing so we learn from what we saw yeah. and that was also important yeah i just want to make this point before i go to amanda you would notice that you all form that opinion about either multiple streams of income or saving from your mothers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. isn't that weird how about you, Amanda Rifo? I agree more because it is it is not that you didn't talk about it, but you saw what they did. So my mother also had secondary stream of income. My father, as I said, was into all types of different things. So I saw him 
delve into farming and mechanics and art and music. Mm -hmm. So it, it's what you see, you know, you learn from different ways. You learn from behavior, you learn from words, or, you know, there are many different type of learning mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So for me growing up, I saw their actions more so than a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, that's how they were brought up, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just, I wouldn't say unfortunate, it just was their reality at that time is what, you are what you know. That's right. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's really, As my Belgian friends would say, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> but you saw them in their own actions and how they approach life as it relates to yeah. to finding multiple sources of income and supporting your family. Yeah. So so now having discussed some of those issues, would you guys say that in your home, uh, and especially uh, Polar Hospitalis Woodland, um, was there an undercurrent scarcity mindset? Would you say? I definitely think so. With my mom, no. Um, my mother was the last of 11 children mm, yeah. of um, Grenadian immigrants. Same here, too. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, she never had enough. And of course, she used to tell stories about getting the last plate of food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes an older sister might save something for her. But mm -hmm. it was never enough. When you're 11th. And, and you learn girl. to eat your eat your meat first. <laughs> eat your, if you get meat, you eat that first. If you get, you better yes. eat that first, <laughs> right? So I think I think her 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 story comes from that, just from not having and having to pull herself up, and she pulled herself up through education, which is why right. I think she kind of passed that down to us. Yeah. yeah. Um, but certainly. I, I I just don't know if, if my dad was trying to teach me anything, but he he lived and he was happy. He never needed, but he just seemed not to be as concerned mm -mm. about where it was coming from. It'll come. Yeah. And it did. So, right? so, so let me just also add this because I know a little bit about your background. And, you know, one of the things that I learned much later in life um, yeah. I think we've said, we've talked about this a bit in our, in our broadcast that, you know, most of us grew up religious. And for me, I became more mm -hmm. spiritual. Mm -hmm. And when I became more spiritual, mm -hmm. I, my faith grew, you know, and, and with that faith, I recognized that, hey, I can't pray when I the cross, say my rosary and worry about money. Mm. Facts. 100%. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> mm -hmm. percent, and also you can't pray and expect it to be there without doing something, mm. right? So prayer um, without yeah. action, prayer without action. Sense. But but prayer without faith is even more powerful because there are yes. some people who pray. I have known situations with families deprived of something. The pandemic has had a major impact, and some people just can't do anything. They've tried, and but all they could do is sit and pray. And a phone call comes. Hey, I'm transferring this for you. Hey, mm -hmm. I have this for you. Right? And and I know many people would not think today that our angle in terms of retraining a lot of our queens to think about money is coming from a spiritual mindset. But it is indeed. Because if you can say that you believe in a higher power, whether you choose to call that power God, the universe, or mm -hmm. whatever your, your, your spiritual center is, then you can't say that you worry about your provision yes mm. then you don't believe it's you, a contradiction it's a contradiction it is it is it's a contradiction you feel me so mm -hmm. for me when i when i when i reflect on my childhood um money was always spoken about around me in a scarcity with a scarcity mindset mm. it, the, the issue with me is that I didn't conform. I wasn't really someone to conform. I, I'm still not somebody that conforms, right? I was guided by a higher spirit and a higher power. I always, I remember saying to my cousin that I didn't even, when I think about it, whilst we weren't poor, we definitely were not well off in our earlier years. But we weren't poor. I mean, I was the only child. It was, mm -hmm. I, I got what I needed. and But... When I look back now, then I'm thinking, but maybe we were poor. I don't know. Like, I mm. never saw poor, rich. I don't know what was wrong with me at the time. 
I always knew that I would have. It's a spirit that was in me that I cannot mm -hmm. explain to you all. I just... No, I had a similar experience. Very I'm, well. I'm glad somebody feels mm -hmm. me. I'll be there, Bashir. I, I'm glad somebody feels me because... When I was 13, I knew that I would be destined for something great. Me too. And so, but I didn't, it didn't correlate with money, but I, it was... At the end of the day, it's not money. Because at the end of the day, it's not money. It's provision. Right. Yes. You feel me, my wall? Absolutely. Absolutely. Money is just a, some paper, you know, that you could hoard or you could you do and use charity. Yeah. But when you, lock, when you lock into the idea of your provisions and the fact that you'll always be okay, like Paul is that, because he didn't communicate it. He just lived it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us, when we think about it, we know people like that. They're like, I'll survive. It's going to mm -hmm. be. A... And they do. Like, it's magic. Yeah. Hey, listen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like things open up and. and... Be because you're drawing it to you. Yeah. It's a law of attraction. Yeah. So yeah. if you're going to be scared about it and hoard it, it's going to go away. I'm sorry, Amanda. I'm sorry. I'm you're delayed. I'm at my notes because I wanted to talk. That's, my, that's part of my journey. So. Yeah. Well, well, shoot. You mm -hmm. go ahead, Queen. Oh, mm -hmm. um, well, I just wanted to say that when you're talking about your journey in terms of money language, mm -hmm. a moment of impact, I call it a moment of impact in my life was when it was introduced 14 years ago to The Secret, the DVD. Ah, oh, my God. Oh. Mm. That's my book. That's my job. <laughs> I can listen. Uh -huh. the, that completely transformed my life. That's so really it was like, you remember I told um, you about the feeling as a child that I was destined. For. So when that feeling connected with the law of attraction, game over. Game and over. But game everything over. after that um, game was traditional. Listen, when, when I, by the time I got to 18, I was moving through life like a tornado because I knew what I wanted and I had to get it. I wasn't thinking about luck, not going to have. I'm like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Now, the, the, the difference is I wasn't always successful with that attitude because... Um, at, at a certain point, I wanted to do God's work for him. So, so I had to be very careful and make sure I had a, a, a delicate balance with that, having faith in God. But there, there's a time to pull back and wait on God after you have done enough. And there's a, because sometimes God is saying no, because it's not good enough. Mm. I like that. Yeah. He will never take anything from you without giving you better. Believe that, and believe so, that. so that was my difficulty. Um, somewhere between my early twenties to my mid thirties. Yes, it took me a long time. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and um, once I got, I cracked that secret, as Amanda was saying, and I started increasing my faith and understanding that I had it. I had the, and there's another follow up to the secret, the magic. One of my girlfriends. Magic. My girlfriend um, from Jamaica introduced me to that, um, the magic, and that's another code. And and there's so much that we could go on and on and talk about. But yeah. but Amanda, hand back over to you. So um, the, the the idea of how my perspective changed. Mm -hmm. um, so in my journey, I turned forty this year, by the way. So. Hey, congratulations. Hey, congratulations, Amanda. You don't look a day over 25. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but um, I've seen how important money language is and how you, how you see money. So I've shifted from seeing money as a means mm -hmm. to concept of wealth creation. That, right. was, that was a transition. So, yeah. um, so it's really all about perspective. So if mm -hmm. I were to think about how my opinion has changed is that I am now focused on wealth creation and things like generational wealth. Correct. And yeah. my, I have two children. I have a one-year-old boy and I have a seven-year-old girl. And how do I impact them and train them and teach them and, and those principles? So that's really how, you know, my my thinking about money has shifted. I don't know if anybody else has anything to say about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Mawa? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because um, there is this shift that happens truly. And I, I'm in total agreement with that. You know, I'm really blessed to be a part of this group of um, like-minded people where we're talking about 
sovereignty, mm -hmm. right? Big, we have this bigger vision, but part of that discussion is about financial sovereignty, mm -hmm. you know, generational wealth. Mm -hmm. and, and that idea that um, there has, you want to be in control of your time, right? And mm -hmm. I know, Bajan, we've spoken about this already. <laughs> mm -hmm. Having the, the control of your time also requires certain things like financial wealth to mm -hmm. be able to say, I need to do this. And this or, is or financial security. It may not be yeah. wealth just yet, but security. Uh, financial mm -hmm. security, right. Mm -hmm. So like to be able to do one thing at your own time, right? Mm -hmm. And and I know a lot of, for myself, okay. a lot of things that I've wanted to do, um, I've always been held back because I did not have that financial support. And so now being able to switch my mindset to say, no, this is what I want to do. The money will come. 100%. You know right. <laughs> so it's like when you make up your mind about something, I, for some reason, it's like the universe opens up. It draws right? it to you. It draws it to you. So it, it that change was so important. And with that change, you start to remember, oh, this is why, you know, my dad told me this. This is why my mom told me. This is why so-and-so mentioned this. And all this knowledge that you are knowing, you know, to I didn't even know I'm accumulating. Now it's like coming together and say, this is why we need to talk about what money is. And I know um, I come from a Christian background. A lot of times we don't talk about money, you know. <laughs> It's like, yeah. oh, because it's the root of all ego. It's yes, but it's that, the love of a, money. You know, and I and I really just want to dispel that notion on it's a, it's a terrible notion, but it's been repeated this, so often. I know on this prosperous platform called the Ask platform <laughs> yes. that no, it's the love or the greed, and I don't know if you agree, I don't even agree with the love. It's the greed. It's greed the greed. Is evil. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, love I, agree. I agree. I love money, but the greed. I am not greedy. <laughs> exactly. And and you know how, I don't know if you've heard of this other proverb where say, you know, a, a, a closed fist never receives, right? You always have to have an open hand. So even if you have your money and you're holding on to this. And God know, bless you to bless others. Right. Yeah. You, you keep that hand open and money just flows. Flows, you get what you want and you know it flows to someone else. They get what they need. So, I mean, that, that switch, that mental shift, it was that's just it. so important. And that's the core of this discussion. Because when I decided that I don't even remember the right age, and I'm, I was like, money will always know my address, my bank <laughs> account, my everything. I'm going to be provided for. God is my provider. Everything is going to be coming my way that I need. And I switched to that and I stayed there. And somebody would mm -hmm. be like, oh, you must have a doubt. And I ain't got no doubt about that, friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Can I, can I add one thing again? I know yes, we talked can. about about mothers. I I still remember when my mother told me about money. And we were having some kind of conversation, and she said, "Maua, make sure you use money. Don't let, Don't money, let money, money use, use you." Ah, uh, I'm telling you, I still yeah. remember that. It was powerful, and now I yeah. understand why. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think too that. If you want to be an entrepreneur, because I know a lot of, um, of of my friends who are my very qualified and certified friends um, who are now embarking on a, a, a journey of entrepreneurship. And I can tell you, having been on that journey for 21 years with, with hills and valleys and, and not having the mindset that I have today, um, if you want to really be an entrepreneur, you have to now shift from thinking about saving to investing. You have to start thinking about, about um, am I going to earn this amount to how can I stretch this amount? You know, um, it's something I had to, the day I decided to, to leave my job, my last full-time job at IBM Jamaica, I said bye-bye to a Montana income. Mm -hmm. And for the first month, it was terrifying. And now you know what's terrifying for me? What's terrifying for me is being stuck and getting a fixed salary. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Sounds very weird, okay? To a lot of people, they're like, oh, I can't do it with my salary. Is she crazy? 
Let me tell you, your boss is not providing for you. Your creator is providing for you. He'll create opportunities that you cannot imagine once you believe in the secret. The universe comes full circle. What you do, what you put out is what you get back. You put out this amount, you get back tenfold. And that's been my experience. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. And, you know, I think it's key too. Like I know that one of the things I wanted to ask you guys is like, who handles the money in your home? Like who handles rather the money in your home growing up? Like in my case, well, I handle the money in my home. Not because I said to my husband, I have to handle the money in this home. No, no, no. He's like, you are better this. You handle the money in this home. His mother handled the money in their home. Uh-huh. His father brought the money home and he told the mother, you handle the money. And she stretched that dollar. <laughs> in my case, I stretch and multiply. <laughs> you know, so that also matters. The person with the multiplication mindset should be the person to handle the money in your home. Doesn't have to have a gender. Nothing is wrong if your husband handles the money in your home. If he is a multiplier, let the man do his thing. Right. Because I've always said before, if you're married more than 10 years, there's one money. It don't matter who earned it. Because Listen to you're, me. Where do you go in that divorce court? There's one <laughs> That's money. That's money. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I think certainly in my household, I manage the money. Mm -hmm. My husband has more of an investor mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, he's an actuary. It's mm -hmm. kind of what he does. Oh, yeah, and he will never be without money. Okay, let's go. Never. So whereas, <laughs> and, and in addition to that, I tend to be risk averse. Mm -mm. So I need a little push. No, I don't no, put how much where. <laughs> let's talk about no risk, no reward. <laughs> right and so i think that's where our balance is yeah in terms mm -hmm. of the day-to-day -day and the running of things and the ensuring that everything is met that's mm -hmm. kind of my portfolio mm -hmm. as far as the thinking for a, a longer term goal mm -hmm. um investing towards something in a medium to long term that's sort of his thing mm -hmm. and so we kind of have a partnership in that regard a good balance yeah mm -hmm. because if it were left to me <laughs> I am going to the safest instrument <laughs> because it's just, and, and maybe you're right. You know, I'm coming, you know, talking with you ladies, it's kind of giving me some introspection. I'm like, okay, maybe I do have a bit of a scarcity situation going mm -hmm. on and I don't believe myself to have one, but you know, mm -mm, mm -mm. you never see yourself. Be clearly. Because yours is more modernized than your mother's. Mm -hmm. ah. Good point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, fe you feel me? I feel you know for real. It's 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 a whole it's a whole mood, you know. Um, and I think that's kind but of that electricity. That electricity has to be reprogrammed because mm -hmm. that that holds you. You may have this false sense of security that oh, I am saving. Let's let's remember, we have no control over what financial no. institutions no, do with our money. Mm. You know, so there's so many other ways. There are no, and, and as you know, Basha, I mean, I'm, I'm a daughter of three. My mother and father had three girls mm -hmm. and uh, my younger sister is such an entrepreneur. We don't know where she get from. Mm -hmm. like, when mm -hmm. she came to me as her older sister with her there's, business, there's plans, always one in the group. The, there's the always bunch. one. She's the yeah. it. And you know, Basha, she's doing fantastically well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when she came to this sister, I was like, yeah, <laughs> you want to do a good paying job. You can't do both of them same time. <laughs> and eventually she had to say, Paula, I'm doing this. Yeah. That's right. I actually, That's in a big. very public forum at, at her wedding, I had to say, you know, and I apologize. Yeah. If I ever mm -hmm. held you back, oh. I said, I thought I was doing best for oh. you. No, you were operating from a place that you knew. But you have taught me because, I mean, that girl mm -hmm. does not appreciate any holds or mm -hmm. any risk. She's mm -hmm. like, but yeah, I'm doing this though. <laughs> and, you know, and that's faith and God rewards you for your That's faith. so true. That's so true. Yeah. So none of us have lack. All of us are doing well differently. Differently. But, but some can do better know, if they let go of facts. Mm. But like I said. always tell people, like you know, <laughs> when people go, well, you know, you're too old. Like, I ain't no. there yet. Mm. 
Mm. And you know, life know. is a journey of learning and changing. And we don't evolving. put limitations. We don't put limitations on. on I, women I, on I, I certainly don't. There are people who would want, who love to limit you. Mm. I mean, Amanda is she hit the forty, and I'm so proud of you mm -mm. and doing what you want to do. And I'm saying, mm -mm. some nobody's timetable is the same. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so I'm appreciating uh, this talk. I have to think about my scarcity. Thank you. So, but but listen, I mean that that covers the next topic and the next one because I was about to ask you that um, you know has your personal opinion about money changed over the years? And of course, it just changed in the past 45 minutes. So you got that question. <laughs> <laughs> Mine has changed obviously, as I said, from my my um my 20s to my mid 30s. You know got a lot of knocks and so on and it just helped me develop you know but can i give some advice to those that are in a full-time job and want to be entrepreneurial or at least to ignite that entrepreneurial spirit because that's what i i have a full-time job and and i'm an entrepreneur mm -hmm. i have my consultancy i think it depends on what type of area you want to mm -hmm. go into but i think that it's a really good segue because the reality is you really have to scan your environment and see your situation before you do it yeah you see, you never make a rash decision uh -uh. so if that's mm -hmm. what you want to do you can get your feet wet and if your job allows and let me just put that caveat there but i've been able to successfully navigate so, and i was going to say that some people are able to do both yeah. mm -hmm. so, um, but let me just say that don't tell you we but i'm looking at <laughs> You ain't watching this broadcast. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I, this is a bachelor platform, okay? <laughs> three more years, but you, you never know. But no, but I understand too how difficult it is, but it can be done where there's a will, there's a way. Well, I don't mm -hmm. think it's always difficult. I think it has, you have to be strategic. I think anybody, mm -hmm. and, I, and this, this advice is not for Amanda, Reefa, Yui. This is for my followers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you have to be strategic. Never... I mean, of course, some people have no choice because they may, some of them might happen with their job and they just, they, they're just thrown into entrepreneurship. But if you are planning around exiting and going into entrepreneurship, one of the first things I will tell anybody is make sure you're debt free. Yeah. Go into mm -hmm. debt free. And if you have two partners in a home, it's always advisable for one to be the salary earner and the other one to be the entrepreneur. It's, a, yes. it's the mm -hmm. most beautiful balance. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. having a guaranteed source of income, um, or, or even if that other partner has a, 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 a business that is definitely a stable, guaranteed mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. yes. um, so your, your home is covered while it, it allows you the flexibility to um, give, start your business. And you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, the first year of the business is the hardest. No, 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 no. Ask Mark Zuckerberg. It depends on the type of business. Sometimes you have a winner, and you have mm -hmm. to run with that, and mm -hmm. that winning from month one. I, mm -hmm. my personal experience is if my business is not going to turn over for me in six months, I gone. Wow. There's not a stock. There's not a stock up and down. No, it's a business. And if you're into a good business and it's going to bear fruit for you, you'll know in the first six months. That's my experience, and nobody can take that away from me because my bio is entrepreneurship. Mm. You feel me? Um, so no, security has to be present when entrepreneurship needs to blossom. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm not, but a part of that security is making sure you have a decent fund set aside. Um, long ago, um, when I, I used to follow the financial guru, Susie Oman, and prior to the pandemic, she said six months. Well, come on now. Mm. I, I will tell you two years of expenses after this mm. pandemic. You know, my Absolutely. model was always one. I will tell you two years. Um, if you if you track the um, the the cycle after the 2008 2009 crash mm -hmm. of the real estate market in America, it took people two years to get back on their feet properly, even the economy. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if you could put aside a good two years and you have a guaranteed pension, you can walk. Mm. You know, oh, can I ask something though? Like, what happens to those people who can't do that? Should they be held back? You know, that is a personal decision because yeah. sometimes somebody's exits or their desire to become an entrepreneur is so strong mm. that they can't help themselves. Mm. They can't help themselves. I was one of them. I mean, like, 
if you're born to do something, you're just born to do it. It's like if you're born to play cricket or you're born to play football. It'll no always come what, back. You could, you yeah, know, always come back. Yeah. It, it doesn't leave you. That That is a matter of the soul, not a matter mm -hmm. of somebody's opinion. It's a matter of the soul, and the soul has to be fulfilled. Mm. I hate that. You know? Yeah. Um, would you say you have a high level of financial literacy? I mean, like, if you were to rate your financial literacy before this program ends, which is soon, how <laughs> would you rate it? What kind of scale we use it? One to ten. <laughs> so, oh, are we studying? Uh, am I yeah, are you studying with me? Let 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 Paula start because she looked okay. like she was I tried to, to figure it out. I don't want to say. Anybody have their rate? Any on a one to ten? Amanda. Six. Oh, we got to work on Amanda now. Okay. No, we got to work because I want to explain that six. So no, you might have to explain it after. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, we and our post discussion, we, and then you'll come back with it. Right? <laughs> come, come on, my world, because Amanda have to give us some hot topics before we leave. Come on, we almost finished. So I would rate. So okay, here's the statistician in me that's going to ask a question, of course. So are we rating based on the doing or the knowledge, right? Because those uh, are two different doing, questions. It's pure action. That, that's okay. Action. You can't. You can't. You know, you, a, a lot of people are very. Correct in their mind. Yeah. You know, you know, it's you know how to bat in your mind, Amanda. You know how to <laughs> ball in your mind, and you can't execute it. Come on now. No. So I would say um, at the doing right now, I would say I'm about 7.5 because it has progressed over time and mm -hmm. having been in a different culture, it's almost like you know, you're starting over. So I'll give you the seven because you already have Ma Afri going online and you're you're doing it. You're showing that you're wetting yeah. your feet and so on and so forth. <laughs> B. Okay, so my doing and my knowledge is two different scores, and I feel I should just get the average. Okay. No, you but see, that's the in you. That's the actuary in you. I feel like my knowledge is probably a high eight. Okay. But the doing. You know, because I'm risk averse by personality. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the doing is more of a six-ish. Okay, we're going to work on that. We're going to work on that. Okay, I see I see, Mrs. Reefer giving me a hard eye. Mrs. Reefer, give <laughs> us a quick explanation about the six because time is upon us and going to the hot topic one time. Okay, no problem. So the six, because the financial literacy is so fluid. So, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, you get to a point where... You understand, you think you understand the system, and then there's something called cryptocurrency, and then there's something called digital mm -hmm. currency, and then you just so it's, it's a continuous. No, continue no. then you shouldn't give yourself a six for that because not no. every not every financial instrument or opportunity is for you. That doesn't mm -hmm. make you a novice. It doesn't make you um, lacking in financial um, savvy. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking so about your knowledge. Can I, can, I, can I give myself an eight then? Yes, I thought you were an eight. I didn't know why you give yourself a six, girl. But you see, you see where there's discussion. See the sisterhood here. Now you educate me in, as to the definition. Okay, so right, I, I you take a eight. All right, you take I eight. Take eight. eight. And with that eight. eight, give me a quick hot topic. Tell me what going on in Barbados. But, so okay. I can wrap up the show and go and cook my husband dinner. <laughs> Good for you. No hot topic in Barbados: impact of COVID on mental health of children. Hmm. Big big issues: suicides. I think that's global. Things like like. So when you interview them, surveys, like they're thinking about suicide. So it's a real serious issue that we got to address and quickly. Mm -hmm. I know, mm -hmm. I, I know two families and that really disturbs me because it's teenage boys who committed suicide for the past year. And they're all boys. All so boys. I'm like, something yeah. is happening here with our boy. Yeah. All boys. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, some, some ideas as a mother of teenage sons, I mean, outside of spending a lot of time with them, you know, there, there are other options. Get mm -hmm. um, life coaching um, therapy for them. It helps because outside of parents, they need other people they look up to to talk them through this process as they navigate mm -hmm. life and, and make sure that they have the, the idea and the understanding that there is a, a silver lining beyond this because mm -hmm. I think it's the hardest time to be a teenager. I mean, we were I all teenagers. I can't imagine. The hardest thing that happened to us in our teenagers was when Trinidad had a coup, and I thought I was going to die. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Not die, man. 
I was so scared. I thought they were going to yeah. shoot everybody. Yeah, you know? it, was, it was a so topic. I'm saying but that, Amanda, it was a that, trouble. That, yeah. That is a huge topic, I think. And as Basha said, worldwide, we've here, right here in the US, Bahamas, suicide yeah. is a new, I have yeah. to say, I can't even, it's just, it wasn't something that happened regularly. Yeah. But over this pandemic, we've had Same. quite a few suicide Same. attempts and one success, and the success was 13. Yeah. So we got to hold on to our children, pray for mm -hmm. them. Yeah. We have to pray for them, but we have to create more resources, even if it's online to give them life coaching therapy in some cases, because we have to make that distinction. Cause sometimes you, you ask your kids, you want therapy and they'll be like, no, something's wrong with me. No therapy is not because something's wrong with you, but you have life coaching, which is not therapy, but it gives them that, that motivation yeah. and, the, mm -hmm. and the skill set to handle these things that parents don't necessarily have the time or the skill to do, you know? So I'll leave you with that. I hope it, it, that helps someone who feel that that might be needed in their home. Um, guys, I wish I could go on and on, but I just want to tell all our followers, go follow these queens on Instagram. Their Instagram handles are on the screen and in the body of the, the article associated with this podcast on bashapowell.com. I wish I could go on and on, but all good things must come to an end. And this is the reason we created this podcast to bring outstanding women from all around the world together. I want you to tell the people where you're at. Amanda Rifa, where you're coming to us from? From Barbados. Paula Marie Boslin, where are you coming to us from? Nassau, Bahamas. And Maua Alane, where are you? Maua Moshe Alane, I haven't called you Moshe for the day. Where are you coming to us from? <laughs> from Tampa, Florida. And it's your girl Basha, I'm coming to you from the A, otherwise known as Atlanta, Georgia. And I want to leave you with this today. If the women in your circle are doing well, no need to get mad. You should be happy. You are sum total of the people you surround yourself with. Birds of a feather fly together. Ladies, to quote my son Russ, you did a great job. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. It's your girl, Basha. Remember to live the life you love and love the life you live. I love you all. I miss you all. See you next week. I have some amazing queens coming through. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>